We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me today, regular guest on the show, Joe McCarr. Joe, not a Nets win, a Nets loss at the buzzer to the Miami Heat, 109-107. Not the worst news of the day, though, but how are we feeling, Joe? Yeah, you're right. Uh, not the worst news of the day. I know every Nets fan, we're still kind of upset about that loss. But the bigger story, the bigger news is Kevin Durant leaves the game with a thigh contusion, which hopefully is nothing major, but, you know, for Nets fans, for the team, for the organization, they just want to see their three stars healthy. They've only played a six games together. And, you know, I said it before, but it seems like a game of musical chairs where, okay, which star is going to play tonight? Harden's coming back soon, and we're hoping Durant's okay too. Yeah, I will dive into that and plenty more in the end of this game. But as always, you can find the Brooklyn Buzz on all streaming platforms. And, Joe, it looked like the Nets were going to grind out a win, you know, with Kevin Durant leaving this game. They were up 107-101 with a few minutes left in this one. They let Miami go on an 8-0 run to end this one, take the W. Bam Metabayu hits a shot at the buzzer over Jeff Green. Take me through the last few minutes of this game and some of the thoughts you have on it. Definitely. So the last few minutes of the game, for anyone who's listening that maybe couldn't watch the end of it for whatever reason, the last few minutes, Landry Shamit gets very hot, knocks down two straight threes. We get a legendary Iron Eagle call, Shamalama Ding Dong. Um, <laughs> besides that, uh, just not great shot selection at the end of the game. We saw three very, maybe two to three, maybe very, I don't know, not high basketball IQ shots, I will say. I hate saying it, but... Not the best shot selection from Kyrie yep. at the end. And on the other end, just not getting stops. But I don't know. You kind of expect to not get stops when you're playing with a four-guard lineup. But yep. if that's the case, your offense basically needs to be firing on all cylinders. You can't be taking sidestep threes, which I know he makes that well. I know he's made it countless times. That's his shot. 
but it's about getting the best opportunity, uh, maybe even feeding the hot hand. I know it's going to sound crazy, but maybe give the ball to Shamit again in the last minute. Like, the man had a career game, 30 points, I believe he finished with. Yep. If there wasn't any update. Yep, 30-point game. Um, so just being smarter with the ball and maybe limiting turnovers as usual, the usual story, uh, relevant tonight also. Yeah, I think down the stretch, like you said, Joe, we saw Kyrie Irving kind of force it a little bit, especially with the way Miami was playing him. You know, they were giving him double teams, giving him a lot of attention, and he was getting ISOs, but they're on good defenders. You know, Bam Adebayo still obviously is somewhat of a mismatch, but he is, you know, a defensive player of the year type player. You know, he's that good of a defender. So, and like you said, Landry Shaman was hot. Joe Harris had hit a big three in the fourth quarter. I think the Nets needed to run a little bit more offense at the end of this game down the stretch instead of going to such an ISO set with Kyrie getting that type of attention. And then also, like you said, um, defensively, you know, teams are going to score. That's going to happen. But I felt like the second chance points really hurt the Nets because, like you mentioned, they went with the four guard closing lineup. You know, Kyrie, Landry Shamit, Joe Harris, Bruce Brown. And then they even took out Blake Griffin and put in Jeff Green. So they went super small. And to be honest, I feel like that hurt them because of those offensive rebounds. And also, I think Blake gives you a little bit more offensively than Jeff Green in terms of, you know, a little bit of playmaking, trying to do a little bit out there. But. You know, the Nets had this one to win, and they, they lost it. You know, credit to Miami. They made the plays down the stretch, and Bam hit the biggest shot of the game. Yeah, definitely. And if I were the Nets, what I probably would have experimented with, if you have a four-guard set of which three of them could shoot very well in terms of Kyrie, Bruce, not Bruce Brown, in terms of Kyrie, Joe Harris, and Landry Shamit, um, try playing Claxton at center. You know what I mean? That yep. that's I understand they wanted to go small. I understand they wanted this sort of five-out offense where everyone on the floor could shoot. But – you got to consider the other end just a little bit. If you put Claxton there, you still surround him with shooters. This is a guy who's going to get you offensive boards, maybe. Yep. This is a guy who, if a quicker guard penetrates into the paint, he's going to get a stop. He's going to be able to stick in front of the defender. And who knows? I don't want to say he would, but if Claxton's guarding Bam Adebayo on that last possession, are we still talking about the same result? You know what I mean? So it's definitely something to consider moving forward with Claxton closing out games. Yeah, I thought also Blake Griffin did a solid job on Bam in this game at different points, too. Like you said, maybe a little bit more length from Claxton or Blake, Blake in that situation you know, could be the difference in this one. But like you mentioned earlier, there was plenty of other opportunities for the Nets, you know, turnovers, you know, offensive rebounding for the Heat, bad transition defense. There's just a couple things from the cleanup. And the main reason they were in this game is their three-point shooting was super hot again. Same thing for Miami. Both teams shot around 40% from deep. Yeah, definitely. And Example A, like we were just talking about, Landry Shamit, career-high 30 points, just an absolute flamethrower of a game, timely threes yep. nonetheless. Um, also finished with a career-high seven three-pointers. He's now, I believe it's like fifth in Nets history in threes off the bench. And this is a guy who started off super cold. We still have, what, maybe 14 to 16 games, if I'd estimate. And on top of that, it's a shortened season. And Landry Shamit might climb to the top spot in Nets threes off the bench. So yeah. credits to Shamit, just a guy who's finding his rhythm at a really great time. And I'm sure when, it's sad I have to say this, I'm sure if the big three is are healthy again, the looks Shamit's getting are just going to be even better. Because right now you see him kind of have to create a little more offense for himself, getting to the rim a little more. If Shamit's just in his role where, okay, I'm going to shoot the three, and if they clamp down on me, I could take him off the dribble, then the options are going to open up for him and just the Nets offense as a whole is going to be clicking. And I think the same goes with Kyrie where you see, okay, Bam Adebayo switched on to Kyrie, less hero ball. And maybe, I don't know. I have Durant now on the perimeter. I have Harden. I have Joe Harris in the corner. 
you have multiple options of which you can really like torch the opponent with. Yeah, definitely. I think obviously everything's a little bit easier when you have your players healthy. And, you know, Kevin Durant, like we mentioned, left this game four minutes in. James Harden should be back soon. Even guys like Tyler Johnson still being out. But moving to Landry Shaman, like you said, Joe, career game for him, 30 points, 10 of 15 from the field, 7 of 12 from deep, 3 of 4 from the free throw line, 2 rebounds, 3 assists, only 1 turnover. And like you said, you know, he did it in different ways. You know, 7 three-pointers, obviously, but he was attacking off the dribble, even took, you know, some solid defenders. So his confidence is trending up. And like you said, it just kind of adds another weapon to the Nets. And the looks are going to get a lot easier. And attacking those closeouts is going to get a lot easier when you're playing next to Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. So really happy about the way Landry Shamit's playing and what he can do when everyone is fully healthy. But talking about the other sharpshooter on the team, Joe Harris, 12 points, 5 of 12 from the field, 2 and 9 from 3, 2 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal. Not necessarily a great game for Joe. He missed a couple open threes in this one. I'm sure he'd want back, but did have that big one in the fourth quarter. Yeah, definitely. And that's the thing with shooters. I say it all the time. It's a rhythm thing. Like certain shooters walk into the building and they just have a good feel for the rims. Or you could tell early on, like, we kind of had a feeling in the first quarter alone when I don't think he was at double digits yet that, okay, this is this might be a Landry Shamit game. Yep. Who knows? I, I wasn't guessing 30 points, but I probably figured like, okay, he might be in for a 17 to 20 point game tonight. Um, you kind of just have a good feeling with shooters and really it's just a matter of staying consistent. Yep. And another guy who had a tough night, uh, Kyrie Irving, we kind of mentioned it, 20 points, 6 of 19 from the field, 2 of 9 from 3, 6 of 6 on the free throw line, 4 rebounds, but did have 9 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks, and 4 turnovers. So offensively, he never really got it going. Some credit to Miami. Some of it just kind of looked like Kyrie was maybe a little bit disengaged or a little exhausted in this game. Something seemed to touch off for him to begin this one. Yeah, definitely. And honestly, I know he does take off from time to time, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's a little bit of fatigue. Maybe yep. it's just a bad night for all we know. But Kyrie has been the 330 one. 3.30 start, too. Not necessarily normal for an NBA game either. That's a good point. Um, Kyrie has been the one shouldering the offense in terms of, OK, Harden has missed a couple weeks now. Durant's been in and out of the lineup all year with a combination of health and safety protocols and these injuries that keep popping out of nowhere. So. Who knows? Hopefully it's not, but it could be a little fatigue for Kyrie. Once the big three are healthy, I would like to see them maybe keep his minutes down a little bit, stay in. Obviously, it depends on the score of the game, but maybe try to hover around that low 30s mark. Yeah. And I, excuse me. And I think also, like you said, if there's other players on the floor, you're not, you know, carrying the load as much by yourself. And then also Miami is just a physical team. Like they're going to definitely make you work harder than most teams in this league. And moving on from there, talk a little bit about Blake Griffin. Not a huge game for him, but he had his moments. Seven points, two of seven from the field, two of four from deep, one of two from the free throw line, six rebounds, four assists, one steal, zero blocks, and only one turnover. So in 26 minutes, I thought this was a solid game. It would have been nice if he could have hit a couple more shots, but he did help this team in different ways, and I thought his defense on Bam was okay in this one. Yeah, definitely. Not a great game, like you said, but definitely not something to like, shake your head at. Um, Blake gave you decent production today. That's a pretty good stat line for... Well, he started today. I was going to say someone off the bench. That's a pretty decent stat line. The shooting could have been better, but it comes and goes with shooters. Like Blake Griffin is the same in the sense that he might not be as consistent of a shooter as these other guys. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But just the fact that he's able to shoot the three does open up options in the sense that you really can't leave him open on the perimeter. It essentially forces a big man out onto the perimeter, which, you know, even as it might sound small, but that opens driving lanes for guards to drive in when there's not this interior presence patrolling the paint the whole time. Yeah, I mean, I think also as he kind of hits some threes in games, they start to, you know, go out a little bit more. I th- he's pretty good in the corners. I will say one thing about Blake in this game. He did get switched on to like Kendrick Nunn and uh, Goran Dragic. And they were able to kind of take advantage of some of his foot speed in that situation. So obviously that's one of his weaknesses in a shorter amount of minutes. It isn't necessarily exposed as much. But Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Uh, Moving on to Bruce Brown, I thought Bruce played a a pretty good game today. You know, a lot of hustle, a lot of energy, and a lot of toughness, especially against a team like Miami. Eight points, 11 rebounds, uh, two assists, two steals, one block, one turnover, four or seven from the field, and 30 minutes. And he was one player that actually matched the physicality of Miami on possession to possession. I would say so. And as as we know, with Bruce Brown, that's never going to be an issue. You'll never have yeah. to question, is this guy trying? He's always diving for loose balls. He's always the one who's crashing the offensive glass, who's making the hustle plays, doing all the dirty work. Um, today was no different. You know, Bruce Brown has essentially invented his own position that we call power guard. It's essentially a big man in a little body, sort of, <laughs> if you might say. But um, that's the stuff you like to see in terms of these more physical teams. Uh, Philadelphia is one. Miami is one. Uh, who else am I forgetting? The Lakers are definitely one. The Clippers at times. There's A lot of these great teams are very physical and probably much more physical than the Brooklyn Nets. So somebody needs to be that interior, ex- interior exterior, like bulldog, I should say. The guy who's yep. going to get scrappy. And I feel like Blake Griffin plays the same role, but... And like a maybe a little bit of a less role, but you just love to see it for this Nets team. Yep, and I, I think that's kind of what you look for Bruce Brown to do. Obviously, you don't necessarily want to play him 30 minutes because some of his limitations. But when you you don't have the injuries and you need to match that physicality, he's the guy that can do that. And he's you know good at chasing players around the perimeter. We saw a TLC. I thought he was okay today. Alize Johnson probably showed maybe some of those young mistakes, especially against a high basketball IQ team like Miami caught him in some of those switches and some of those uh, just screens and pick and rolls or whatever it was. They kind of picked on him a touch. So it's expected from Alize. But in terms of Nick Claxton, not a huge game for him either. Four points, two or three from the field, six rebounds, one assist, uh, two steals and one block. Claxton had some good moments in this game, as he always does, but then he also has some of those young moments where 
okay, you know, this is a learning moment for Nick Claxton. Definitely. And like you said, that's the theme of it. It's all a learning experience, especially this is a player who's essentially, we want to say he's essentially a rookie. What does he put yep. in 30s? I don't have the exact number, but 30 something career games over two years. So yep. he's still kind of having his welcome to the league moments. He's still, and not to mention he's on a championship contending team where mistakes seem to be kind of magnified in a greater sense, if you know what I'm saying. Yep. It's not really like an Oklahoma City or a Cleveland team where, okay, you made some mistakes. Like, we're probably not winning the game anyway. No offense to those teams. <laughs> um, the mistakes are kind of magnified in a big market team in a contending situation. I feel like Claxton did an okay job, like you said. And with Harden, once Harden comes back, uh, we talked about this, but I think the pick and roll action will be a little more fluid. And that's when you'll start to see Claxton generating some of the offense again, because he has had games, a handful, where he'll have a double-double or he'll finish with 14 points, seven rebounds or something like that. And once the team is healthy, I know we keep saying this, but it's true. Once the team is healthy, this is a common theme. Um, Claxton, all these other role guys, um, they're gonna start get they're gonna start to get going. Yeah, and I think another thing with Claxton, not only playing with the stars, but just playing with more veterans. You know, he spent some time out there with TLC, Alize Johnson, you know, Bruce Brown, even Shamit, and it's a little bit easier when you're playing next to the likes of Kevin Durant or James Harden or Kyrie Irving or even Jeff Green and Blake Griffin. So I think that's definitely something that will help benefit him. And also, he's probably getting a little fatigued as well. You know, like you said, this is essentially his rookie season. And as we mentioned, Miami, one of the most physical teams in the league. Definitely. And the college game is 35 games or 30 games, if I'm not mistaken. So for the NBA players, people don't realize that's a huge jump to go from 30 to 35 games to – this is a shortened season, but we'll say in a typical season to go to 82 games and then half the teams make the playoffs. Like that's, that's a huge jump, essentially yep. more than twice the season. You're traveling a lot more. Um, you're away from bigger your bodies. Yeah, exactly. And on top of it, you're like 21, 22 years old going through this. Like it is definitely a lot to handle and a lot that goes behind the scenes that we really don't talk about where maybe that's why you see like a rookie wall or a sophomore slump because these young guys are still kind of getting acclimated to life in the league. Yeah, and I think also, you know, Claxton's a, a skinny dude. Like, he doesn't necessarily have a ton of weight on his body. He's banging with grown men on a regular basis. It's going to take a toll on you. So, obviously, you know, that's no reason to say that he played terrible or anything like that, but just something to keep in the back of the mind. And Jeff Green, obviously one of the vets on this team, 8 points, 3 of 10 from the field, 0 of 3 from 3, 2 of 2 from the free throw line, 2 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal, 1 block, you know, Jeff missed a couple shots. I think his three-point shot is maybe a little bit off. I feel like I can tell when Jeff Green is not going to shoot threes because he's hesitant. And then in other games, he's ready to go right off the, the top. And I feel like, you know, if Jeff could hit a couple threes or a couple shots in this one, Nets might pull it out. But overall, you know, not a bad game from him, not a great game. It feels like it's a common theme of the roster. Not many guys played terrible, but not many guys played really well other than Landry Shamit. Exactly. And I feel like Green falls into that same category. I won't say he had a bad game because that's not a, it's not a bad game. I... I'll classify it as that was a very underwhelming game. Like, we yep. know our standards for Jeff are a lot higher than that. And like I said, it might be a slump. It might be a physical Miami team that has guys that could switch out onto the perimeter. Uh, whatever it is, just a little bit of an underwhelming game for Jeff. But I'm sure he'll bounce back. Yeah, exactly. No, not a huge deal. And like we kind of talked about that 330 start, but obviously we mentioned this at the beginning of the show. The biggest news of today is Kevin Durant left this game after a thigh contusion. I believe it was his left leg. Looks like I think it was Trevor Ariza who made contact with it. Obviously, Kevin Durant not being the biggest guy, 
you know, doesn't necessarily help in that situation. I don't think it's going to be a serious injury just based off the way it looks, based off of thigh contusions in the past. It's something that you kind of commonly see throughout the NFL season. So what were your thoughts, Joe, when you saw this? Obviously, Nets fans were super upset because we've been dying to watch Kevin Durant play, and I know Kevin Durant's been dying to play. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's really such a tease. We wait, what is it, a year and a half for Kevin it feels Durant? feels like 10 years at this point. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> We'll say a year and a half for him to play after he signed in Brooklyn. So from like June 2019, he finally makes his debut in December of 2020. Like a whole world of difference uh, in terms of when you factor in everything that happened in the world. Um, On top of that, he's just been dealing with some nagging injuries. And nothing super, super major, but the hamstring again, now the thigh contusion. And then you got the two weeks he missed for health and safety protocol where you know, we just want some consistency. We want some good news with this team, but Kevin Durant as a whole, who seems to be like the main beneficiary of all these injuries. And I don't know what it is. The injury gods have not been smiling down on Brooklyn yet. Or the NBA this season. There's been a ton of injuries to a lot of stars. Yeah. I mean, obviously the condensed uh, season doesn't help the COVID stuff. There's a lot of different factors. Some of it's just, you know, bad luck. And it really sucks, too, is because it felt like this is going to be a crazy Kevin Durant performance. You know, we saw him start this game with eight points, three at three from the field, two at two from deep. And those threes were contested threes. And he was just like, you know what? I'm feeling it today. He might have dropped 40 or 50 in this one. That's how confident he really looked out there, even at a block. So hopefully it's nothing serious that we get Kevin Durant back soon, because obviously we don't even want to talk about what the timeline would look like if this was a serious injury or what it could be. I really don't think it's going to be anything that bad. The Nets are super conservative, but at the end of the day, you know, it's a contusion. Like it's a, essentially a deep bruise on his thigh and it, it had to be pretty bad because you can even see him grabbing at it when he initially suffered the injury. He kind of stayed in there for another minute or so. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely something to monitor. I won't say yep. take it lightly. And we know with this Nets team, they're very conservative. They really don't like to rush players back. They like to rest guys on back-to-backs. So it's definitely something to keep in track. Um, I don't think it's something severe, like you said. Maybe day-to-day, a week or two at most. I'm no doctor. Nobody take my word on this. But (laughs) definitely something to keep in track. I think that we'll probably see James Harden by the end of this week. You know, that'd be a, a pretty reasonable assumption based off of what we heard. He was with the team today. He looked pretty happy out there. They mentioned him just needing a couple more practices. But any other thoughts, Joe, on this game, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Nets in general? Um, just overall, you like to see the role players getting going in terms of Shamit, Joe Harris, uh, a little off today. But that was a game that could have easily been won. But, hey, 72-game season, you got playoffs, you got time to figure it out. Besides that, I just got to say James Harden's outfits are uh, A1. <laughs> and I think he's going to uh, challenge Russell Westbrook for best dress in the league one day. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he definitely brought uh, some different type of spice to the game today. We'll see what happens in the next one, if he does play or whatnot. And keep an eye out for that Kevin Durant news. As always, Joe, a pleasure. And big thanks, everybody, for listening. Check the Brooklyn Buzz on all stream platforms. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.